Greetings to you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and welcome to Shi'ar Jashub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My name is Patty Scalzo, and in today's message, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, will be continuing in the Heavenly Authority series. Pastor is in the Old Testament, in the book of Judges, chapter 10. And we are about to learn that the Lord is going to raise up Jephthah, despite his humble beginnings, to be the next judge or leader of his people Israel. So let's settle down with our Bibles and listen as Pastor Greg continues with the study. Then you read that the Israelites are afraid now. They put away the foreign gods from among them. And it says in verse 16, they serve the Lord. In verse 15, they come with a full confession, not just a partial confession. The children of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. So they start to act the right way. They make a true confession. They truly put aside the foreign gods. And they serve the Lord. And now you see the inner side of God. We talked about that outward justice and the hardness he has to show for righteousness sake. But you read in verse 16, the second part of it, it says, and his soul, God's soul, could no longer endure the misery of Israel. His soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. And you see the inner softness, the mercy and the love in the heart of God, that once they correct the wrong ways, once they truly mean it, he desires to help them. He needs to be harsh with them. He needs to be hard with them to show justice, otherwise they would just keep going and going. But once they hear he's not going to deliver them, once they hear he's handed them over to the other gods, then they truly repent. And they turn around. And they do what's right. And the heart of God cannot stay harsh toward them very long. His mercy, his grace, his love. It says his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. And then in verse 18, it says the people, the leaders of Gilead, and remember Gilead's right in the center of this thing, this area of Gilead, this mountain range, this very fertile mountain range on the Transjordan, on the opposite side of the Jordan where the half-tribe of Manasseh and the tribe of Reuben and the tribe of Gad settled in the area of Jordan today. The people, the leaders of Gilead, said to one another, Who is the man who will begin the fight against the people of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Now they know that God has raised up these judges, these shofats, these leaders, these deliverers in the past. And they're saying, who is the man? Who is the man who will begin the fight? And it's an interesting question. And God will give them an interesting answer. And the answer, the person who God raises up, is this next judge, Jephthah. And we read about him in chapter 11. His name means God will set free, Jephthah. Chapter 11, verse 1. Now Jephthah the Gileadite, so he's from Gilead, he's probably a descendant from Manasseh, 
was a mighty man of valor. And we remember back to Gideon, right? Where the angel of the Lord says to Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. He's a mighty man of valor. But he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begot Jephthah. Now, this father of Jephthah is named Gilead. Obviously, he's not the original Gilead, the grandson of Manasseh. That's a family name. So, just like we take names after fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers, this man's name was also Gilead, and his son is Jephthah. But Gilead has Jephthah by a harlot. And then in verse 2 it said, Gilead's wife bore sons. It sounds like she has the sons after Jephthah is born. And when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, You shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. And then it says, uh, Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob, and worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. Now, if you have... And NIV, it'll say in verse 3, a group of adventurous men or adventurers gathered around him and followed him. But the actual literal word there that they're translating adventurers uh, is vain, vain, empty, worthless. So really the King James and New King James translation is better. That worthless men, empty men, vain men, uh, vain, not vain like we think of vanity, but vain as the Bible says, empty, hollow, of no value, gathered around him and went out with him. They followed him, went out, meaning they went on some type of escapade or raid. That's why the King James says they went out raiding with him. Notice a few things about Jephthah. He's illegitimate. Now, last time we spoke about Abimelech the illegitimate son of Gideon and that whole horrible situation that developed there where he has all the other sons of Gideon killed. And Abimelech is a selfish and a murderous and a spiteful and a deceptive man. Remember, he's the thorn bush. He's the bramble bush that tries to get all the other trees to bow down before it in the prophecies. And look at the contrast Abimelech is illegitimate, and Jephthah is illegitimate. As a matter of fact, Abimelech, at least his mother was a concubine of Gideon. Jephthah here, we're told his mother was a harlot, so he has even a worse situation. But Jephthah will see he's not selfish, he's not destructive like Abimelech. And from these last couple of chapters, you see two important things. First, how people can come out of very similar backgrounds, very difficult circumstances. It's a hard thing for a child to grow up like that, not with the father and mother married together from an illegitimate background. You can come out of a very difficult situation, and one comes out of it and can become a mighty man of valor whom God's spirit can use, and another can have a perverted and vindictive character like Abimelech. Remember, Abimelech had worthless, reckless men kill all the other brothers, the sons of Gideon. How the same bad circumstances, one comes out of it shining, and one comes out of it, and they're hateful and destructive, as the individual spirit responds to what God can do. 
The second thing is that God, as Peter tells us in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, that God is no respecter of persons, or he shows no partiality. He shows no favoritism, Peter tells us in the book of Acts. He does not choose as we might choose. God can reach down and he can take a harlot's son who's looked down upon and he can raise him up to give victory to Israel. God does not care about his background. God cares about him. The individual stands before God and he can use everybody. So what does that say to us? That no matter what our background is, no matter how humble our beginnings are, how sinful our lineage might be, every person can become a child of God that God can use. God will use Jephthah, the son of a harlot, in a mighty way to deliver Israel. Now, Jephthah is probably not a young boy here. Obviously, it seems from what we read that he's older than Gilead's other sons, whom Gilead's wife brought to him. Uh, we're going to see he has a daughter. So he's not a young fella, but he's rejected by his family. Uh, we're going to see not only is he rejected by his family, he's rejected by his town. We'll read about that in a moment. And who does he find companionship with? He finds companionship with this band of worthless men. Uh, one might consider them bad company, or tough guys, or aimless fellas. We're going to see that something very similar happens to David with the band that he gathers around him when he's on the run. And they seem to engage in these raids throughout the countryside, and probably the raids are against the, the Ammonites. He's obviously a charismatic person, and they follow him and they go out with him. And you see how people, when their family situation is not good, how they'll gravitate to a group to find some type of companionship. Now, you think about young people. Jeff, that we said, he's, he has a daughter. He's not a, a young teenager. But you can imagine that in our society, when you have children growing up without fathers or with families that are either no families or very weak family units, how they'll gravitate towards groups of friends, towards aimless people. That's why you have gangs where... Teenagers will find what they're looking for in families because they don't have a family. They'll find it in a gang. Jephthah here, uh, his mother's a harlot. His father's wife wants no part of him. His brothers want him to share nothing of his father. They get rid of him and he finds companionship with this aimless group of guys. But God has better things for Jephthah and he has better things for this aimless and empty band of men. Verse 4, it came to pass after a time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. So again, they're coming against the Israelites. And so it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel that the elders of Gilead went to get Jephthah for the land of Tob. So now the elders are coming to get him to help them. So obviously he and this band have built for themselves a reputation as they've gone on these raids, they probably caused distress to the Ammonites, and now the elders of Gilead are looking for his help. And they say to him, verse 6, And they said to Jephthah, Come 
and be our commander, be our commander, our captain, that we may fight against the people of Ammon. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? So we find out that the elders of the town, of the area, were in agreement with his half-brothers when he was expelled, when he received no inheritance. Did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, That is why we have turned again to you now, that you may go with us and fight against the people of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. Be our head, be our captain, be our chief. What an interesting point at which to leave the study. We are so happy that you were able to join us for our study today. We love to hear from our listening audience, so if you have any comments or words of encouragement, please send them along to us. Also, may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting our church's evangelical outreach. Please send all correspondence and donations to Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. We would also like to extend an invitation for you to join us for Sunday service if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area. Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jashub.